out of the park with Barry Davis. Follow Ballistic on Twitter at Ballistic underscore sports. The park with Barry Davis. Follow Ballistic on Twitter at Ballistic underscore sports. This week, Devin Travis breaks some real big news with us here on Out of the Park. I'm excited to, to be back in the game. Um, I get to work under the general manager that traded for me in Toronto. Of course, that general manager is former Jays GM Alex Anthopoulos. He's got a history of attracting the best and brightest and keeping them around him. It's probably why Barry's not living in Atlanta. Here's Barry Davis. You know, I've been wondering, I've been wondering why I haven't heard from Alex. I mean, he comes on the show every time. You know, one of these days, Tom, one of these days, I'm actually going to plead Alex Anthopoulos for a job for the two of us. I, you know what, folks? I love the Blue Jays. And I, well, you know what? This may not be the greatest time to work for the Atlanta Braves organization. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. But, uh, yeah, they've been in the news. But we're going to tell you about some good news, not only involving the Braves organization, but a former Toronto Blue Jay, one of the most loved Toronto Blue Jays that we have seen in a long, long time, Devin Travis. And isn't it interesting, Tom, how he's also the most criticized, it seems, by some, too that people take one side or the other when it comes to Devin. It's, he's had one of those careers that had so much promise and so much, you know, just, it, it seemed like the world was, uh, was before him. And he got sidelined by some terrible injuries. He did. And a lot of people want to turn that into, you know, a sad story. But Devin's not one of those people. Every person, every person we talk to on this show that has met him, when you bring up his name, they light up. Their whole face lights up. And Absolutely. he's going he's gonna to bring that magic to his next role as a coach. And it's amazing that we got to talk to him about it. And I think Atlanta's a really lucky organization to have. Yeah. And there will be one more little nugget of information that Devin is going to break on the show as well. And uh, when we come back, we're going to tell you about why it is such a cool thing to be an OTP insider and what our insiders got to experience when it comes to our conversation with Devin Travis. And also, Thomas, the season has begun. Yes, Major League Baseball is back, and boy, does it feel good. There is Tom Forth. I'm Barry Davis. This is Out of the Park. Ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, the first pitch with Barry Davis. And the first pitch is brought to you by our good pals at BallisticSports.com. By the way, have you seen, Tom, in the video, the, the little intro we have now for the first pitch? Yeah. Beloved movies. Really? Even mm-hmm. though O.J. Simpson is in it? You know, it's one of my most beloved movies. Really? Even mm-hmm. though O.J. Simpson is in it? There's yeah. not a lot of movies. That's gonna, <laughs> if, you're, if you're only going to watch movies with actors that you like, then there's yeah. not a lot of movies That's a good point. Watch. But Leslie Nelson, Canadian, God bless his soul. And a brilliant mm-hmm. comedian. Okay, Ballistic Sports. Tom, you'll describe what Ballistic Sports is all about, and I shall show our listeners and viewers. All right. If you're Here comes actually, the... you know, by the way, uh, Tom and I are really want, want to apologize that we are not going to be doing an audio-only podcast anymore. So w- the video of our podcast is going to simulcast on audio-only. We will do our best to paint a picture for those of you. Isn't it amazing? We're doing exactly what the Blue Jays are doing. Yeah, yeah. You We're know saying what? screw with, with you that are listening. With far fewer resources. Yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, for those that are watching, I can't believe I'm saying that because of everything we've been saying about the TV radio broadcast. As you are watching, mm -hmm. folks, it, let's just encourage everybody to watch. Uh, go to our YouTube page, Out of the Park. Subscribe. Boom. Bang. You can watch yep. us all the time. Okay. Ballistic Sports. So Ballistic Sports is going to be the very first interactive sporting board game experience. And, you know, I say board game, there also is going to be an app for it. But here we go. Barry is showing, if you're, if you're watching us on YouTube, Barry is showing the Ballistic Sports game. And it's kind of a la Monopoly. You've got a board that you got to work your way around, and you do that by guessing what's going to happen next in the game that you're watching. You can do this with live sporting events, simulated sporting events, and you know what? It's just a way to enhance your sporting experience. And we could all use a little bit of help with some distraction or something to keep us busy right now. Can't wait I, for this game to get out there. I tell you what, the opening game, if you were playing this with that while watching opening day, it would have been mm -hmm. very, very difficult to predict what was going to happen next because there were a lot of things that were very unpredictable in game one. And by the time you're watching this, they may be two, three, four, five games into the season. Uh, as we're recording the show, they've only played that one game. So that's pretty much what we're going to talk about. But there were a lot of things that kind of took me by surprise in game one. Really? Okay, do tell. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to jump on that already. Uh, first of all, Julian Merriweather. Uh, I, you know, again, we only saw bits and pieces in spring training, so we really didn't get an opportunity to to see how good some of these kids were. I had no idea Julian Merriweather had stuff that nasty, that nasty. And yeah, it's only one game, and you know, who knows how long he's going to be able to maintain it. But he has stuff. And when you consider he is one of the guys the Blue Jays got back in the Josh Donaldson trade, uh, it makes you feel a little bit better about things. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's something you can feel really good about. Uh, I wasn't even overly familiar with the name. It was something that I, I kind of I saw that he was in training. I, I don't recall hearing any great reports out of spring training about him, really. Right, he wasn't one of the people that was turning heads, but he most certainly picked the right day to turn some heads. He he was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Was it Torres the last batter? I think Absol so. Absolutely overmatched. You know, weak weak late foul, weak late foul, and then I don't know how far behind the last pitch he was, but I mean, you you could have checked your watch between the, the pitch going in and that swing. He looked amazing. Yeah. And what a combination that is in the back end of the bullpen with Jordan Romano. And mm -hmm. Jordan Romano's debut performance, you can look at and say, well, he walked a guy and, you know, he got himself into trouble. But what a good closer does is gets into trouble and gets out of trouble without being harmed. And he got yes. the huge strikeout to end the inning again. His stuff, you know, we've been speaking to him out of the park since, well, before you were even doing the show. Yeah, yeah. And when Matt and I were talking to him when he was in the minor leagues, you know, there was a time where he wanted to be a starter. He was hell-bent on being a starter. Now you see the success he's having in this role. I think he'll be very content on that. But when we had spoken to him the first couple of times, he was talking about, you know, learn how to throw the changeup like he does. Well, how he'd been watching Marco Estrada and loved to learn how to throw the changeup like he does. Well, the the movement on Jordan Romano's pitches 
it's just phenomenal. And that windup that we see, I don't remember that when I watched him pitch in the minor leagues. This is something newer, something that we may yeah. have to talk to him about next time we get him on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I loved his ninth inning. I loved it. Um, it was scary. <laughs> and, and you know, there's a lot of people out there that would rather see a guy go, you know, and, and get him down three in a row nice and easy. But he's a young pitcher. It's opening day. He fought the jitters, and he bared down and got through. Think about how hard that inning was. Think about what a character-building moment that is for him. I, I think it's huge. And, God, we are very lucky as Blue Jays fans to have the two of them, you know, after what happened to Yates, I don't think, a, you know, I, I think that was a great opening day to have after losing Yates to injury. Well, again, they, they beat Garrett Cole, who was phenomenal as he always is, but they worked him. And there were some things in that game that really, really impressed me. And I tweeted about the at-bat that Danny Jansen had. And there was a lot of talk coming out of camp that, and a lot of it was from fans. I don't think too many journalists but, you know, at this point, fan, many fans, as we've seen on this show, are, have just as much knowledge of the game, if not more, than some shirtless. So, yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of talk that Kirk should have been the guy that is the number one catcher and Danny Jansen becomes the backup. Danny Jansen has to lose the job, right? Kirk can't win it if Danny Jansen is what they hope he is. Danny Jansen is a fantastic catcher. His bat has always been something that's come. He works really well with the pitchers. Having said that, his bat has always been something that's come second since he's been in the majors. He's shown flashes. Mm -hmm. I am totally fine with Danny Jansen hitting 220 and being, you know, the ninth hitter on this team if he supplies the defense that he had against Garrett Cole was phenomenal. That he had at Yankee Stadium against Garrett Cole was phenomenal. He saw a lot of pitches, worked up the pitch count, you know. It don't, doesn't have to end in a successful at-bat for it to be a successful at-bat. Yeah, yeah. I want to – actually, that's something I definitely want to touch on is the pitch count because they did – and, and you're right, the Jansen at-bat, he turned a lot of heads when he bunted in the 10th or when he tried to. He struck out bunting, right? But, again, that's a coach's that's, – that's the coach's That's decision. a Charlie Montoyo he thing. He's made it very clear yeah. in those situations he wants to give them three chances to do it. If that's going to happen, though, guys got to work on their bunting more. That's all there is to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But my takeaway, like offensively, that opening game was just a wonderful thing to watch. Vladdy, you know, 114 miles an hour off the bat was his first hit for a single. Um, Teoscar Hernandez just knocking it out of the park. Mm -hmm. There were so many good takeaways offensively. There was that and, great uh, double play they pulled, too, in the game. There was just, just some really good defense. And I tell you what, yeah, Vladdy did a tremendous job at first base with his scoops. Mm -hmm. I think he did a great yep. job. I, I And, again, I wouldn't have a problem with him seeing some time at third base this year, too. I'm pretty easy on it. You know what? He was looking great at first. Let's keep him there. Let him let him, mm -hmm. let him him work first. And, you know, if it's There are options, though. Yeah, we have the options. That's the great thing about it, right? Like, there's that's like maybe problem ten down the list. Yeah, right now that's a, that's a good problem. <laughs> I'm going to get into something that can be a little bit controversial, but we're just going to kind of relay the facts here, and that is Major League Baseball has decided to take the All Star Game out of Atlanta this year in light of a lot of things that are happening within the state of Georgia. 
I don't know if any of them directly affect the Atlanta Braves baseball team. I think this is more about the city of Atlanta and the state of Georgia. Am I correct? Uh, from from what I understand, and I, I've read a few sort of reports on this, uh, it has to do with a change to the voting laws by the, uh, their Governor Kemp. And there is, like anything political in the States for the last few years, um, you know, it's those battle lines being drawn. And, you know, I, I don't know enough about it to even speak to what is the truth and what's not. Um, but I think... You know, Major League Baseball down there has always had a, a huge part in social change, uh, in political change even. Um, I would be really curious to know what the players think about this. Because I do know, the one thing I read, this, is, this came as a result of bowing to pressure from corporate sponsors. And I would be really curious to know what the players think about it, what the Players Association thinks about it. Um... Hank Aaron, it was going to be that. That's the the first thing that popped to my mind was, you know, I knew they had things planned to honor Hank Aaron in Atlanta this year, and I'm sure they'll probably wherever they end up. Is it L.A. They're going or I don't know if they at at the time of recording. I don't know of a decision being made on. I'm not sure either. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure that they'll move those. But the fact that it's not going to happen in Atlanta. You know, Atlanta has a rich history. I mean, that was part of the reason they got a major league team was mm-hmm. they agreed to desegregate. So there's a lot of history and a lot of baggage. And I'm I'm really curious to see what the players think about it. I, I, I think it's a shame that Hank Aaron won't be honored in mm-hmm. Atlanta. Um, but there's, you know, there's bigger problems right now in the States. And I just hope that cooler heads prevail and they find a way to get through it. Yeah. And uh, as we get set to uh, get us to our conversation with Devin Travis, who is now a member of the Atlanta Braves organization, joining a number of ex-Blue Jays in that organization. Of course, Alex Anthopoulos having a big say in in a lot of players. Uh, Michael Saunders, who, in fact, we were going to hear from Michael Saunders this week. That show was Mm -hmm. edited and ready to go. And then the news broke with Devin Travis. And, And here's something I wanted to share with all of you on why it really is worth it to be an OTP insider. Because our OTP insiders are invited, as many as they want, to come in and join in on these Zooms. Now, we had maybe five people in with Devin Travis. So we have a lot more than five insiders. Uh, Most of our insiders don't even opt to do this. So if you're thinking on the outside, well, you know, if I I become one of the insiders and I pay three or five bucks a month... uh, What's the point? Because there's going to be like 200 people in this Zoom chat. No, there won't be. That's the thing. Uh, It's a very intimate thing. And the five people that were on with us with Devin Travis, guess what? They got the news. Tom, this is the first time since you've been doing this. And they now learn. And you too, Tom. This is the first time since you've been doing this that you have gotten a scoop, a breaking story, with the caveat that you had to keep it locked in. Until yeah. <laughs> until it was ready to become public. And that's what we've done. And uh, those that are out of the park insiders that were in on that Zoom got to witness that and were all told by us to, you know, keep it trapped until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's there is no other podcast out there offering an experience like this. And you, you hit the nail on the head. It 
we got to break news. We got to talk to somebody about a, a huge move that was coming in their life, you know, post baseball and, and pre-coaching. And we got to do it way before anybody else even had a clue what was happening. It was pretty neat. Foundation Physiotherapy presents The Medical Room. We are joined once again by our good pal, Raj Sapaya from Foundation Physiotherapy. Uh, Raj, not only are you guys active with three locations plus your online, but you guys are also very active on social media. I see your posts all the time on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, where can people follow you guys on social media? Uh, give us a follow at Foundation Physio. Um, you know, and we have great content to help you keep stay stay healthy and, and physically active uh, during this difficult time. Or if you follow Barry, Barry's always reposting and sharing our stuff as well. So, you know, he'll he'll help you uh, follow us too. At All Foundation right. Physio. And uh, you've got locations right there on Front Street. You've got one in the core and one in Corktown. So lots of places to go. All right, Raj Sapaya, I know you are a huge hoops guy, and it probably breaks your heart uh, to have seen what happened to LeBron James uh, a little while back where he suffered a high ankle sprain. First of all, you know, there's a part of me that says, why are all these high-condition athletes suffering these ankle injuries, but then I look and see what happens during the course of a basketball game, and I've had the pleasure of watching it right up close, and it surprises me more guys don't suffer ankle injuries. That, that, that's probably got to be the most vulnerable part of a, of a basketball player's body. Oh, 100%, just because that's, you know, it's, it's one of the smallest parts, and it's, it's twisted. There's a lot of motion in there, so people are stepping on your feet. You're going to have to jump and land. There's a lot of movement that happens out of that, out of that area, and even the way you land with other players are there. Anything can happen to that, to that area. That's why it's quite vulnerable in basketball. Is there anything in particular that a player can do, like in terms of footwear or braces or guards, to protect themselves from that role? Or, you know, is, yeah, it, is like, it one of those things? Yeah. So I would say the reason why most basketball players don't wear braces for protection if they're not injured is because it limits their mobility right? Like they won't have that full, like you want, they want to have that full range of motion with that ankle. They want to be able to take off and land on it. So uh, a lot of them might wear braces coming back from an injury because it could help rehab them, but you wouldn't see many of them wearing it if they don't have an injury to protect it completely. I, my reason would be, you know, I've worn braces before. Uh, it limits your mobility. So therefore it's going to limit your performance. It's going to limit your explosiveness, right? And that's probably, you know, they're, they're going to want to perform. So that's the likely reason why they don't wear it. But there's probably a good chance that LeBron will wear something when he comes back. But he's also LeBron, so who knows? But, you know, this guy's a beast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, most athletes, imagine if they've done their rehab, you know, as a protective mechanism on limited minutes, will probably wear a brace. Raj, we've talked before about how age definitely is a factor. So two-part question. Number one, knowing that LeBron is not, you know, a 22-year-old kid anymore, Will that have a factor? And the second part is, you mentioned it listed as a high ankle sprain. Now, I know you said the ankle's pretty small, but we're still able to separate it from high to low. Uh, is, is high a more dangerous, or is that a tougher one to recover from, specifically knowing that LeBron, the wear and tear that's already on his body? Yeah, so just, just for the audience, there is a difference between a normal ankle sprain where we put our foot and we kind of turn inwards, Right, and then the the that that ball, the the that little ball in our ankle, the malleolus swells up. That's that's a typical ankle sprain that most of us would get, and and we're dealing with it. A high ankle sprain 
think about it a little bit higher. Think about where the, the leg meets the foot, that angle there. In between the two bones of your feet, there's actually a small ligament in there. And that's the ligament that's getting sprained. And what the purpose that ligament is, if we think of these two bones, is that ligament holds these two bones together. When that ligament is sprained, it's typically with some sort of inversion injury or an overextension injury. The two bones are separated. So uh, a basketball player can't jump or land as well because the, the shearing force of that landing is not going to be comfortable on those bones. Uh, so it does take a little bit longer to recover uh, from that high ankle sprain, partly because it's a more kind of difficult ligament to get to. Uh, so it would take probably, you know, I would say if a normal ankle sprain is about four to six weeks, a higher ankle sprain is probably in a, in a case of like LeBron, six to 10 weeks mm. is what I would assume. Um, at best, six weeks is what I'm going to think. At worst, 10, you know, there's probably other discussions to be made there for him. You know, you hear anecdotal stories about, about turning the ankle and about those, you know, some things like a high ankle sprain actually being more painful and more trouble than a break. And, and now I know from my own experience, I've, I've had the pleasure of breaking a whole bunch of bones in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also had a severe ankle sprain and that's actually like one of, it's more painful than almost any bone I've broken. I know for me, is, is that a common thing? Is it, is it better just to crack the right there? There's two. Well, it, I, I think part of it is, do you want to deal with pain or do you want to deal with recovery? Right there. There's two different things. Cause sometimes it's like a paper cut, a paper cut can be very oh, painful, oh. but, uh, but the recovery is <laughs> quick. Right. And sometimes like, um, you know, the, the, the more pain, it's likely because the type of structure that's involved um, is, is, has more blood flow, right? So a ligament will have definitely more blood flow because it's more of an, you know, it's a tissue that's receiving, it's, it's a tissue that controls movement like muscles, right? Um, so therefore it's gonna hurt a little bit more. It's gonna have a little bit more swelling involved in it than let's say a bone break. A bone break is still gonna be very painful, um, but the ligament probably has a bit more acuity to the pain. It's just a bit sharper. Um, but I'll tell you right now, it's still better to have that ligament issue than the fracture because your recovery is going to be much better. A fracture means you're going to, to have fractured something, Tom, you've probably also torn a ligament and then fractured the bone. So <laughs> you've got more, right? You'd have to, you, you'd have, you'd have to go through a whole bunch of layers, right? So your recovery is going to be longer. So, you know, from an athlete perspective, you know, it's not about pain. It's about recovery, hundred percent. Well, Raj, this is the good news. You are so unlike an ankle sprain because when you see an uncle ankle sprain it's like oh that's about as bad as it looked you do you are nowhere near as bad as you look you're actually <laughs> a really good guy so random but i'll take it <laughs> oh, raj take care i gotta go nurse my paper cut which i've been uh, suffering from from the last oh, six yeah. weeks uh, so we'll talk to you next week all right guys if only once Devin, we chatted with you back in September, and since September, a lot has changed with you. And uh, boy, oh boy, where do we even begin? Well, first of all, you have a new job. Yeah, I uh, took a job uh, last week with the Braves. Uh, I'll be working here in Florida. It's a pretty cool little gig. I get to 
do a little bit of everything. Um, work with hitters, fielders, base running. Um, I'm just excited to learn, man. I'm excited to, to be back in the game. Um, I get to work under the general manager that traded for me in Toronto. It's pretty special to me that had a, had a big influence on my decision. Um, I, uh, I grew up a big Braves fan. I always wanted to to be able to wear an Atlanta Braves jersey. And uh, now I'm going to be able to make that dream come true. So um, I'm excited about that. And I'm just excited to give back to, to the game that gave me everything, uh, you know, that I have in my life. And uh, that goes for friends and, and memories and um, the list goes on and on. Uh, I get to, to be back around the game and be back around athletes and, and players that have the same dreams that, you know, I have, I've, I've had my whole life and, you know, to be able to be any bit of a po- positive influence on those dreams for those kids and uh, those players that, that means the world to me. And I think this next chapter in my life, um, I'm, I'm living, I'm living to make a difference in, in other people's lives, you know, to the best of my ability. And if I can do that every day, that'll make me happy. So I'm excited to move forward with this opportunity. It's, it's amazing. You know, the last time we spoke was in September and I remember I was actually really struck by a lot of your perspectives on your career. And we, we spoke, you spoke very openly and candidly about the possibility of retirement, but at that time it had not officially happened. You hadn't officially retired from, from playing. Uh, obviously now that's, that's something that's either happened or in the works. Uh, was there a moment, was there sort of that magical moment where you switched and said, okay, this is going to be my path now? Uh, was there a moment, was there sort of that magical moment where you switched and said, okay, this is going to be my path now? You know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, just being honest, looking back at it, I think that I knew my knee was never going to be good again, to be honest. Um, you know, obviously injuries are something that I fought you know, through my entire career. Uh, and I think deep down athletes are pretty real, um, personally about how they're feeling you know they, they very rarely ever completely openly admit um, the extent of their injury the extent of their pain I know me you know me specifically I, I never really gave you know too much information um, and if I told you I was 60 percent I was probably 20 um, that's kind of just how athletes have always worked and uh, I had no idea what I want um, I uh I didn't think that that mentally um, I would be able to handle um, going back to to baseball and not being able to be a player, and and I think that's something that a lot of athletes do fight. Um, you know, it's hard to it's hard to officially close that chapter of your life, and you know, we've spent our entire lives and every day since I was three, four, five years old, I dreamt of, of being a baseball player, and and. I think the tough part is you kind of just wake up one day and, and, and the lights just shut off and athletes, you know, look left, look right. And they don't know which way to go because everything's dark. And uh, <clears throat> I'd say that I'd struggle with that for a bit, just in the sense of what it was I was going to do next. Um, I got, a, I got my first, you know, coaching offer about six weeks ago. I got my next coaching offer about three weeks later. Um, and then really the Braves were, the last 10 days, 14 days, um, they made me feel very wanted. They made me feel uh, like it was the right move. Um, and uh, yeah, 
I literally, I'd say over the last six weeks went from, I don't really want to go back to pro ball to, man, I can't wait to put on a uniform again and uh, make a difference in some of these guys' lives. Devin, did these offers just come unsolicited or did word kind of get around to people like Alex that you were looking at stepping away from playing and that you were looking for the next chapter? Like, how did this all transpire that all of a sudden you're getting coaching offers? Yeah, I won't, I won't, uh, I won't talk about it too, you know, too, too, uh, won't go into too many specifics, I guess I should say, but I, the, the first one came about from, a family friend I've, and I've always you know, been, I've always been known who this, this guy was. And, and I helped his kid out in high school a little bit. And um, it was a fantastic opportunity. Honestly, I felt like the opportunity that was given to me was a little bit over my head, you know, never being a coach in pro ball. Um, I was very thankful for that. Um, that was my first one. Um, and I think the word kind of just trickled around a little bit. And I think that, some people in certain organizations found out and uh, yeah, I think, I think, and I bear, I think, you know, so well that that word scrambles so fast, right. In, mm -hmm. in the baseball world. And we, we think it's, we think it's huge and all oh, there's 30 different teams and you know, there's so many different people. And why would they be talking about this, that, and the other, but I think that really everything kind of filters through the game of baseball. And yeah, I think it was really just a trickle down effect of, Hey, are you done playing? Are you not, are you not, are you not trying to make your comeback? Is, is everything done for you? And, oh, you're looking to coach? Well, let's see what we can do. Um, to be honest, that's exactly how it uh, – that's really the story of, of – that's the beginning, and then that's how really everything kind of transpired from there. Why is it, do you think, when some people, you know, get done with their career, they just kind of walk away from baseball, nobody, you know, nobody says much about it, but somebody like yourself, I can guess, because since we've talked to you in September, we've talked to an awful lot of former teammates of yours, and your name is a name that comes up time and time again, and every time it comes up, whatever teammate it is goes, oh my God, what an amazing guy, he's so helpful, he's, you know, just such a great influence on the team and the room. Um, you know, what is it about you that, that has turned this, you know, end of your career into such a quick opportunity where people are immediately knocking down your door? Look at him. Look how handsome he is. Why wouldn't anybody want to have him? It's an unfair question, <laughs> right? Like put you on the spot a little bit. Why does everybody like you, Devin? Nah. Um, you know what? I, I don't know. And it's not something I really like ever. Um, it's not something I've really ever thought about, you know, I just. I'm so thankful for, for everything that I've been given in my life. And I literally, my entire life, when someone says, what is it that you wanted to do now, from a kid? Um, my answer has always remained the same. I, I want to be a baseball player. And the next question was always, well, what if that doesn't work out? And I said, well, I don't know, but I guess we'll figure it out then. I, I want to be a baseball player. And, uh, and I think as I continued moving forward in life, you know, I, I slowly, if, if when I was five, I first dreamt of that. And then when I was 18, I, I signed with FSU. And then when I was 21, I signed with the Tigers. And then when I was 23, I got traded to the Blue Jays. I'd say that that picture never was completely clear until day one in Yankee stadium, honestly. So I'd say, you know, throughout that time span, I, I, I knew what I, my whole life, I've always believed 
And uh, my whole life, I've always believed in, in, in being a little bit better today. I, I got to be better today than I was yesterday. And, and when I go to sleep at night, I, I got I to be better tomorrow than I was today. And I think that uh, a wonderful family who's healthy, I have I have everything that I've been I've been given in my life. I have a wonderful family who's healthy. I have I have so many friends that 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 love me and 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 that pick me up, you know, in my down times. And and life is just life is good. Um, and I don't mean life is good because of what I have. I mean life is good because the people I have in it. And uh, I like to make a positive impact on people's lives. I. I believe in waking up and, and, and someone out there is not having the greatest of days and that's myself included. But um, if I can make a difference in one person's life, um, I feel like I'm doing a good job. And I truly tried to live that every day. I, I didn't really care so much about being Devin, a baseball player. I listened to Pompey a little bit, speak about that yesterday. And, 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 you know, the difference between a baseball player and the person and Steve Tollison in 2015, I, I went around and asked everybody, a lot of the older guys, hey, you know, if, if I do make the team this year, what tip can you give me? And, and Steve Tollison gave me my favorite one. He said, make sure whatever you do in this game, and no matter how much money you make, no matter, no matter how many all-star games you play in, no matter who you become, never always remember that um, – I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. It's baseball okay. is baseball is what you do. Baseball will never be who you are. Right. And it's simple, but but for me, it gave me like the greatest perspective to go. Now, I don't know when this crap's going to end for me, but I'll, I'm going to be damned if, if, if this does end for me and people can only identify me as what I did on the field. Um, I know it's going to end one day and I'd rather be able to, to be identified for for who I am and what I represent and and the in the memories and the positive impact I've been able to leave on my teammates and and friends. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the way I've lived my life. And I think Steve Tollison kind of dropping that on me as I entered my big league career, kind of, you know, solidified um, how I was going to approach, you know, the game of baseball moving forward. Devin, as you said, you, you had the opportunity to watch the chat we had with Dalton Pompey. And, you know, I brought up that kind of parallel between you two guys. Um, was that a fair comparison, how you guys have kind of had kind of similar paths in in kind of things out of your control that kind of took the game away from you but you know like Devin hired a uh not Devin uh Dalton hired uh you know a life coach that really helped him out what was it how were you able to to get the help to kind of get yourself into the mindset you're at now because it had to be very very sad and depressing at times and we've had those chats off air about you know what you were going through and uh, you know my heart would always ache for you because I knew you deserved better how did you get to where you are now mentally yeah um and speaking on Dalton a little bit I mean I I I I do believe you could compare it right it's 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 sad Being, being an athlete is 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 the most amazing thing in the world but it ends for everybody right and and I think the tough part is athletes don't really ever admit or ever even think about the ending. We're so caught up in the moment and we're so caught up in, I went three for four today, but damn it, I got to wake up tomorrow and, and try to find a way to do it again. Um, so I do think it's fair. And, and, and I do know personally um, what Dalton's been through. Um, it's tough. Um, he's a, he's a great, 
guy. He's a, he was, he was always a great kid. I, I didn't know him great when I played against him. Um, I got to know him great when I got traded over there. I'm always have a special, you know, place for Dalton because I went into a brand new place and, and he was the guy who said, Hey, come live with me. Hey, I'll show you the way. Um, I always have a special place for Dalton and, you know, still being able to have a good relationship, you know, he'll always be a, a good buddy to me. We don't have to speak every day. We don't have to speak every month. We don't have to speak every six months, but when I do see Dalton, um, it's like we were just back to 2015 where we were spending every day together. So I won't go too far in depth about Dalton. I think he's a fantastic person. I think that the way things went for him is really sad. I know everybody could agree with that. I think that being in, and I'm just on game. So um, not to harp on that too much because that's what could have been. And and I'm just I'm just happy to know that um, not to harp on that too much because that's what could have been. And and I'm just I'm just happy to know that that he's been able to not too much because that's what could have been. And and I'm just I'm just happy to know that that he's been able to to get past that. That's what could have been. And and I'm just I'm just happy to know that that he's been able to to get past that. And he's been able to have been and and. I'm just I'm just happy to know that that he's been able to to get past that and he's been able to you know to identify himself as the person that he is because um he got to live his dream he he got to make a huge impact on so many people's lives in Canada the double play and he'll they'll always remember those stolen base that 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 slide in the home where he broke up the, the double play and he'll they'll always remember those stolen bases in the playoffs and I'm just happy he's at peace um you know he's a he's a tremendous human being and uh I look forward to, to seeing what it, what impact he makes moving forward. Um, to answer your question about how I got to my piece, I want to – took a while. It's hard. It's, it's, it's so damn hard because I wanted to be a baseball player my whole life, just like every single kid out there who's dreaming of it and just like every single Major League Baseball player who's doing it right now. And, and um, I don't really look at – things and say I was dealt an unfair hand because I feel truly so lucky to to be able to do what it is that I got to do for so long. Um, I think if you would ask me that a year ago, I wouldn't have that same perspective. Um, this game has been good to me. Um, I think truthfully that the game never really ends perfectly for anybody. I mean, I guess Derek Jeter ending on a walk-off base hit was this, you know, the fairy tale ending, but you know, you turn the page and you look at Tiger Woods, the arguably the greatest golfer and one of the best athletes of all time. And boy, if if, if he doesn't ever golf again, what a terrible ending there. Um, mm-hmm. And if there was ever supposed to be a perfect ending, it'd be a first story like that. So I think I find my peace in, in just knowing how blessed I am, how lucky I've been. Um, I try to grip on to the memories that, that I have, the memories that I was able to create with my family and friends. Um, I get to still have a relationship with Barry Davis. Um, <laughs> One of my first big league interviews, you know, I think that as you get older, you 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 look back on things and, and, and you reflect in a positive way rather than when you're a baseball player. You're so caught up in the day to day noise and and, and the, the, the tweets from fans and the, the, the four for four from and, and, and run into your phone to see who's congratulating you um, and you kind of lose perspective of, of life. And I think that I've just been able to, to look back and sure I'm pissed off because because things could have gone a little bit different. Um, but I'm at peace with it now, and I think that's you know, that's the most important part. And I look forward to, to making this second chapter of my life more impactful than my first. I, I love talking about that peace and that perspective. And, you know, and stepping back a little bit now um, and looking at your career, 
Um, you know, nobody's career is as long as they want. Nobody's career is as successful, as successful as they want. But if you were to look back and pick out one moment or two that just jumps right into your head as the best thing that baseball brought you, may not even be a playing moment. Do you, do you have a moment like that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, bear was, bear was my guy from the beginning. He, uh, he wasn't afraid to, 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 to go at war against anybody to d- defend me, even when I was hitting 230. So Barry will always be my guy. Um, and your mom's guy too, right? What's that? And your mom's guy. Your mom saw, <laughs> saw me defending you. And cry, 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 baby, my mom crying in Yankee Stadium. Um, <laughs> but no, I'd say, I'd say if you said, what's my favorite memory? Um, or what's the one thing I hold on to the most? I'd say memories. Um, and I think that the memories just sums it up the best because you know, I could point to the home run opening day. I'll never forget it. I can, I can see it. And when Batista is sitting on my couch after, after having shoulder surgery and, and throwing the remote to the ceiling, when Batista hit the homer and uh, <laughs> against, against the, the, the Rangers, I could, I could point to 2016 where I missed the, where I missed the playoffs in, in 2015 and 2016, I got to, I got to hug my my teammates and and get to celebrate in Fenway Park where where Babe Ruth played. I can I can point to you know to to 2015 when when Gibby called me in to to tell me I made the team. I can point to 2015 when I call my my parents at the same time on a and I made sure I threw way to tell my parents at the same exact time that I made the big league team. I can think to Yankee Stadium to having all my family there to celebrate with me. And as you can see, these memories go on and on. But I, I think that the one thing that holds true and, and steady and all that is I was able to create a, a, a dictionary of memories. And that dates back to me being five years old to playing my last game at, at 27, 28 years old. And, and the one thing that nobody can ever take from me or my family or my friends um, are those memories. So um as I move forward, and I think something that I'll, I will always continue to, to to put my stamp on in these kids, and I coach out at my high school, and I try to tell them every day that they tell us, man, you're so lucky to, to, to put a uniform on and, and don't take that crap for granted. And, man, you take it for granted when you're a player. You, you're you so you're so caught up on other things, and, and you forget to you forget to truly put your uniform on sometimes and, and look in the mirror and go, damn it, I'm about to – I'm about to go – I'm about to go do this. And uh, when the jersey's taken off your back as a player, I think you look back and you go, man, what what would I change? And I think the only thing I'd change would, would be every single day just pinching myself and going, man, I get to be a baseball player today. And it ain't about four for four. It ain't about 0 for four. It ain't about hitting homers. It ain't about making all-star games. It ain't about cashing checks. Um, it's about making sure you you – you're appreciating what you got right now. And and that'll be something that I stress these kids moving forward and not just kids, but adults in this game is to, to appreciate what you got now, man. And who gives a damn if you're over four yesterday, you got a chance to go four for four today. And who gives a damn if you go four for four today? Cause in baseball, you got to wake up and do it again tomorrow. So if you can just appreciate what you got now and take it a pitch at a time, take it a day at a time, um, do your best to, to make a positive impact. Kind of my, uh, that's kind of my, um, life will take care of itself. So yeah, that's kind of my, uh, that's kind of my memories into a nutshell. Um, that's what, that's what I got that, that I, 
that I love and, and, and I'll miss most about this game is, is just continuing to compile those memories from baseball. Dalton, you mentioned the next chapter of your life and, uh, well, thanks to your good buddy, Dalton. Um, we also found out another chapter of your life that's about to start. You put a ring on it. Now, when we last spoke to you, you and your girlfriend were doing a little cooking while we were chatting. Uh, now, Allie, right? Nice job, Tom. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, former Blue Jay Casey Jansen told us the story on this show of how he proposed to his wife by the two of them going up on an, in an airplane. She jumped out of, or he jumped out of the airplane first with the parachute and then held a big sign saying, will you marry me? So as she was falling from the sky, she saw... Now, I'm not saying that you had to be that creative, but was there something like, did, did Devin dig deep? Or was it just, you know, a ring in, in the paella? I, um, yeah, it was my 30th birthday. Nice. Any time we had to be out of the house the following day. It was, um, it was a crazy time we had to be out of the house the following day. Um, and yeah, I decided to make my 30th birthday the day that I, you know, nice. I asked my future wife to, to marry me. Um, yeah, I've done a lot of cool things in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, truly, I, 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 I look, I look at a lot of different things that I have done. And, and that was easily one of the, one of the coolest, if not the absolute coolest day of my life was, uh, you know, asking the woman that I love and, and the person who I get to wake up next to every day. And, and uh, I'm all about making people better. And, um, you know, this is the first, this is the first woman I've ever had in my life that, you know, I wake up every day and, and looking at her makes me better. So, um, yeah, it was a special day. I, I had all my friends and family around to, to celebrate my birthday and we just transitioned it into a, we're going on a boat ride and, uh, yeah, we were walking over to the, the fairy tale boat and, and I asked her to marry me on the dock where the boat was supposed to be. There was no boat. I think she figured it out about <laughs> Was there any doubt in your mind that she was going to say yes? Because when we asked Casey this, we said if she had said no, he was going to go back up in the plane with no parachute the second time. Now, you were a little luckier. You're on a dock, right? You, but <laughs> were, were you like, like, was it something you guys talked about before? Very little. I, I think that I think that she was, I think that she was thinking it would happen. Um. I don't know how soon she was thinking it would happen. She definitely wasn't thinking it happened on my birthday. She's a super smart girl. She's she's always trying to figure out stuff. Um, she had no idea though. Um, she, I think she got a little bit of an inkling about it because I I guess I had like a ring pulled up on my phone at one point, and then I was scrolling through my. Come on, man. So yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not like good with that kind of stuff, but. Um, no, she had no idea. I think the only thing I was worried about was the ring that I, the ring that I had purchased. Um, it was stuck in Houston from all that crazy crap that was happening. So I had to buy a ring from Amazon to, to fill the void until the ring came in. Oh, a place ring. <laughs> so that's what I was most nervous about was she'd look down at it and be like, oh, crap, what the <laughs> hell did he get me? Um, but no, nah, man, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was perfect. Um, her family got to be there. It was it was it was an amazing day. It's a day I'll I'll never forget. Now I don't really have to celebrate birthdays for myself anymore. So that's that's even better. For someone who's had to step into the plate against some of the best pitchers on the face of the planet, throwing you know 
triple-digit fastballs at you. How did the butterflies on that walk up the pier, how did the butterflies compare to anything you've gone through in baseball? Yeah, I, I wasn't nervous at all until literally I walked down the pier. I mean, I was hanging out. I was like, oh, whatever. I mean, big deal. I got to ask her to marry me. If she says no, I guess we'll figure it out later. Um, <laughs> I got I got pretty dang nervous, man. I, I had no planned speech. I Whenever I like plan what I'm going to say, I, I like freeze up. It's kind of like the opposite probably of most people. Um, so I had no plan with, with what I was going to say. And, and Barry Davis, and I'm sure all reporters' favorite line to hear from an athlete is I blacked out. And truthfully, I had no idea what I said. And if there wasn't a, uh, there wasn't a video there, I wouldn't even have remembered what I said. So I guess I was pretty damn nervous. <laughs> all right, Devin, you, you did mention memories and how important they are to you. So uh, we've got a couple of memories that we're going to, we're going to share with you. And uh, the first one is this right here. So we want to tell, tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about this photo. And like you look like you were griping to the umpires at a very young age. What do you remember about this? Yeah, that was the, that was the last out of the 2003 World Series, um, Little League World Series. I hit a double to the well, I hit the ball in the right center field gap there's a guy in second base in a 10-1 ball game and my unsmart self committed a sin and in a nine-run ball game I decided to try to stretch a single into a double um and I was called out and that's how the game ended I I'm not sure I think it's like all back and forth, but I'm not even sure if the run scored from second base because I think I may have been out before he scored. Um, I was safe. I say that confidently. I, was <laughs> um, I still believe I was safe. I don't, I don't really think there was too much discussion about that. But anyway, yeah, I looked at the umpire like, how could you call me out right there? And next thing I knew, um, the entire Japan dugout was – Flooding out of the out of the uh, dugout, and and I realized I did a pretty awesome thing. I got to got to be in the uh, in the notebook for the last out of the 2003 World Series. So. <laughs> Look at the kid behind you. So does the coach? Even- that was a bad mistake. Bad mistake. So does the coach even mention anything to you when you go back into the dugout after this? Uh, the coach is my dad, so he's probably pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I probably got in trouble for that one, but that's all right. When you're playing Little League, I mean, does it even, is it just a pipe dream at that time? Or is there ever some, like, are, are there scouts watching you? Are there people putting thoughts into your head at a young age that you could make it pretty far and you could, you know, be doing this professionally? Not for me. I, I was, man, I, is one of another things, right? I look back on, like, my career. And I say the same thing with that Little League World Series as I do baseball. I wish I would have, like, really got to, like, soak in the moment a little bit more. Um, I was just playing baseball. Um, and I think that there's beauty in that, too. Um, I didn't realize I was playing on ESPN. I didn't realize that um, our entire town was going nuts. I didn't realize that I was going to have to come back to school in seventh grade and and I had to be escorted from class to class. I wasn't even allowed in the general public. 
Um, I had no idea what the hell was happening in my life. I just was a 12 year old kid getting a chance to do what I love, I guess, on the highest level. A couple cool memories for me, I guess. And then you to, to your question specifically, um, Harold Reynolds was one of the commentators at the time. Um, he gripped on to me pretty good there and, and kept the relationship with me and my father for a few years. He was telling me how he thought I'd, I'd, I'd be a professional baseball player one day. He would always tell me how good I was, and I was a small guy, but he was like, man, keep going. You got something special about you. I remember those that conversation pretty well. Sean Dunstan, senior, coaches with the Giants, obviously a fantastic big league career. Um, I'm still good friends with his son from that. Um, yeah, other than that, man, I was freaking playing baseball, <laughs> trying to win, trying to win okay. a championship, and came up a little bit short. So, yeah. All right, N- next memory. Do you even know where this was taken? Oh yeah, that's sick. I remember that like yesterday. That's- I took that photo of you. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That was awesome. I was feeling it right there. I think that. I think that uh, that's when it was kind of like starting to set into me, like, oh shucks, man, I'm, I'm in the big leagues. Yeah. Uh, For those who don't know, this was this was Montreal, and this was the the game before the regular season started. And you, you and Dalton and Osuna and Castro and all these guys were rookies and all made the team. And there you were playing before you actually played, you know, a real game. And you know, there you were playing in front of this big crowd. That was uh. That was super special. Yeah, that that was awesome, man. I got to get a bat from Brandon Phillips after the game too. That was- wow, wow. All right, we've got uh, we've got uh, three of our listeners on here. We want to before you have to get rolling. Uh, we're gonna get them to all be able to to submit their questions to you. So we're gonna bring them all in here, Devin. And um, what was the biggest crowd you ever played in front of? Do you ever remember? Like, was it was it in the majors or was it in you know some kind of a tournament type of thing? How many fans does the Rogers Center hold? 45,000, maybe. Yeah. Probably probably like opening day or, or maybe the, the playoff game. So uh, we're going to start with uh, a couple that has been married, hopefully as long as you will be married. John and Sue, how long have you guys been married? Well, yeah, you guys have been married that long, have you? Because you're, you're recently. Five years. Five years. Okay. You can, you can, make, you can get that, Devin. Oof, I hope. Yeah. And you got it like, you know, I tell you what, I think we can all agree that if you guys are blessed to have children, they'll be the luckiest kids in the world to have you as a father. Thank you, Barry. Yeah. All right. John and Sue, fire away. What's your question for Devin? Hi, Devin. First of all, congratulations on what's going to be coming up and um, wish you all the best, every success. And you'll be joining uh John Gibbons is also on the Atlanta Braves staff, so yeah. as a scouting capacity. So I just wondered how you got on with Gibby, and what did you like to do in Toronto when you had days off? That's my questions. Well, thank you so much. Um, I uh, yeah, I like to do a little bit of everything. Honestly, I I, I love Toronto. It's, it's it's my favorite city I've ever been to. I haven't been to many cities, um, <laughs> but it's the favorite city. I, my, my, the favorite city, my favorite city that I've ever been to for sure. Um, I tell everybody if Toronto was was in the United States and, and I didn't have to you know get a citizenship to live there, 
and uh, it was just a little bit warmer, I would I would move to Toronto. I think that they got you know, some of the nicest people in the world. Um, everybody's so warm and 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 welcoming, and and I enjoyed my time there like crazy. Um, to answer your question a little more specifically, um, I love to eat. Um, they all do it a lot. Um, so I loved my food up there. I, I, uh, I would try to go to every restaurant possible that I could. Um, I obviously liked the the nightlife a little bit. I was a 24 you know, year old single man in Toronto, um, so I got to got to go out a bit and and, and enjoy you know some of the you know, some of the places around the city, which are awesome. Um, I, uh, I, I like to, to hang out and watch Netflix. I like to sit on my, my patio. I've never lived in a big city. I'm, I'm, I'm from South Florida. That, that is, you know, people think that a lot of times South Florida is Miami. It's not, I live like an hour North. It's wide open. It's a bit urban. Um, so I just enjoyed to, to walk around the city, honestly, and, and, and just, uh, just talk and, and be around people. That was like my favorite. It's one of my favorite memories about, you know, Toronto was walking everywhere. So yeah, that's probably, those probably were my favorite things to do. Nice and nice and simple, but I miss that place. I'll tell you that. John, did you have a question for Devin? Actually, Devin, I have two comments. First of all, I always thought you were what I called an electric player. When you were on the field, I loved watching you play. I loved your range. I loved your throwing. So you gave me a lot of really special memories. And I want to thank you for that. And the, my second comment is that you have such a positive view of life. And even with stuff that's happened to you, you, you are looking at the positive side of it. And I think that comes from modeling and from parenting. So I just want to give a big shout out and kudos to your mom and dad, who I would think listening to you were that big an influence that they made you... Um, who you are and your attitude towards life. Great yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, man. That's, that's dang awesome. I, uh, I do credit my parents for, for everything, right. I, without them, I wouldn't be much of anything. My parents were, were young when they had me and, and my parents were super hard on me as a kid. They, they always, <laughs> um, they always expected the most. I got, I never forget. I brought home my first C think I was in like ninth grade in high school. I I never got anything other than straight A's and I got my first C in culinary class and I got grounded for two weeks and I'm like, damn mom, I got you know, six A's and one C in culinary. I, I don't know anything about utensils and bowls. Like I couldn't tell you nothing. And, and uh, there was no, there was nothing forgiving about that. I walked away uh, with it. And look what it did for you. Look what it did. Now you're a great chef. They were tough, man. They were, they were tough. Yeah, I, I, t I turned it around. But yeah, my, my parents are, are, are great people. And uh, I'm very thankful for them. And as we all know, as you, as you you know, every day that goes by, you, you, you realize how lucky you are to, to, to have, you know, your mom, mom and your dad. And, you know, not everybody does. So I'm just thankful that my parents have, have been able to, to be there for me throughout my entire life. And uh, you know, I, I think it just comes down to, respect and, and and i have the, the most up, utmost respect for my parents so so thank you so much for for uh, bringing them up i'm i'm so grateful for them that's awesome uh jody uh you're up next with devin awesome hey devin hey, thank jody. you for doing this um barry's trying to get us all to 
promote this so that we can get others to do this. Um, but uh, I feel pretty blessed to be able to do this. Um, you absolutely were um, one of the players when I started getting back into baseball and watching the sport. And um, like John said, he called it electric. I said, you played with passion and you could see that. And um, so thank you for that. Um, this relating to, to that see in culinary arts and Barry touched on it that you love to cook now and uh you were cooking in the last show um so what is your favorite thing to cook and what is your favorite thing to eat nice question um <laughs> my favorite thing to eat is still chicken parm not my not my own chicken parm but, but <laughs> still my favorite um my favorite thing to cook is is beef bulgogi that's like my go-to little meal um, it's like a Korean nice. barbecue. Korean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Pretty simple. Maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll give you the recipe or I can just tell you. <laughs> Fiona, uh, last but not least, Fiona, say hello to Devin. Hi, Devin. It's a pleasure to meet you. Hi, Fiona. You too. You too. Thank you for, for coming on. I'm just wondering what you'd like to do between practice and actually going out to play the game. Did you like to listen to music? Talk to teammates? <laughs> Yeah, I like to. Uh, I probably just did a lot, a lot of talking and did a lot of eating. Um, I did a lot of sitting in the hot tub. Um, the music was always blasting, so um, we always had our fair share of music. Um, yeah, and then I'd say about an hour to thirty minutes before the game. That's kind of when I'd like go into my own little zone and and you know kind of turn on whatever switch I guess you want to call that and and uh, start figuring out how I was going to you know, be, be the best player I could be that day. Um, I was pretty laid back, though. I didn't uh, – when I, when, I, when I was not on the field, I did not think about baseball. I, like, was everywhere else in the world. I was – whether it was looking at Instagram or FaceTime my mom or FaceTime my brother or, or checking in on my sister or – wondering what my dad's cooking or, or eating my own food. Um, I was everywhere else, but baseball. So, um, I did truly anything, anytime I wasn't doing baseball, like at the time I wanted to be like elsewhere with my mind. Cause, um, as we all know, that game can, the game of baseball can eat you alive mentally. So yeah, I tried to do everything I could just to, just to be elsewhere. Fiona, thank you for your question. And, and Devin, just before we wrap up, I mean, it was mentioned about, you know, being you being part of the Atlanta Braves organization and you think that, you know, Alex being there, you, you look at the training staff. He's got George Poulos over there, Mark Frostet over there. Ryan Goins was a minor league uh, player uh, for, for spring training. Uh, Michael Saunders. Is, is Alex like living proof of how never burn a bridge because you know, somebody you work for can come back again and be there for you. And Alex just seems to be like one of the most loyal people that I've ever met. Yeah. You know, I, I got, I got traded in 2000, you know, 2014 and, and I had a brief phone call with Alex. It was awesome. He's full of energy. He's like, we're, we're so darn excited to have you. Like, let's go like win the job in spring training. Like, we're going to give you every dang chance to win it. And I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. I just finished my double A season. I'm 23 years old at the time playing the big leagues. And I probably can use a little bit of season in triple A. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, he stuck to his word and they gave me every opportunity after an 
oh for 10 start and and they kept me going and and I um I didn't have a lot of time with Alex but but in my brief time with Alex I could I could tell you that he's a guy that's full of energy a guy that loves to win and you could tell he loves to win by the trades he made he wasn't he didn't give a darn about giving up a prospect or doing this or that or the other he was all about making sure and he I don't want to say he didn't give a darn about the prospect but he was all about making sure he was putting the organization in the best you know position it was to win at that time and I I think there's so much to to be said about that you know he I was really torn on my decision um on on what team I was going to go with and um the call that he made to me was a out of the blue completely unexpected b I would never expect for the general manager of a major league baseball team to to call me and offer really any input for a minor league hire and 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 see I think it just speaks volumes of 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 his care um for 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 people um I'm I'm so excited um times a million more because I called a lot of people that I really respect um and value and, and coaches that I've had in this game and I asked them to you know basically help me with this decision I've never been a coach I've only ever had to sign a contract for you know to be a player and you don't really get much choice in that you kind of got to go wherever it is you end up and and you know this was the first time I had a choice and and every coach and and player um that I had spoken to had led me um in the direction of the Braves and and almost 99% of it um of the reason behind it was Alex so um I look forward to to getting to know him better. Um, I look forward to working under him. I look forward about the game of to being able to learn from everybody in the Braves organization. Um, I know a lot about the game of baseball, but by no means do I know enough, and by no means do I know um, how to be a good coach. Um, I understand a lot of the things that I liked about being a good about my coaches and hit it. Um, but being a coach is a different world. I learned when I had to throw BP or pick up a fungo and hit it. So. Um, I'm just excited to learn, man. I'm excited to be a part of an organization that I always dreamt to be in a part of. I'm excited to to be a part of an organization that that loves on its people. Um, I'm excited to be a part of an organization that you know pushes pushes being a good person before um, you start talking about being a good player. Um, I think there's so much to be said about that, and I'm just excited to be a part of an organization that that made me feel wanted. Um, and I think that in life. Uh, when you make, you know, when you do have the ability to make decisions on, on where it is you want to go with your life. Um, one thing that I learned throughout this very brief process was you always need to go where you're, where you're wanted, not where you're most comfortable. And um, that's what I did here. And um, Alex and George and Frosty and, and Sando and, and everybody from the organization freaking called me to, 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 to make me feel welcomed and, and make me feel wanted. And I'm just so grateful for that. Well, Devin, I know you got to run, but I'm going to leave you with this. You watch the Dalton Pompey. Now you got to watch the thing we did with Alex, because you will learn something about Alex Anthopoulos that you probably had no idea. And I'll give you a hint. He used to be a mighty fine musician. <laughs> and not only does he talk about it, but I found video of, of, Alex Anthopoulos on stage. So you have to watch that, okay? Nice, man. Maybe y'all can uh, create a nice little band together. And there is former Toronto Blue Jay and now current coach in the Atlanta Braves organization, Devin Travis. 
I am so happy for Devin. I think this is just the beginning, Tom. I think Devin has everything it takes to be a major league coach. I, I, I don't know if I'd say he'd be a manager type, but I think he'd be a great coach. I, he's, he's too nice of a guy to be a manager. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to be swinging the axe, right? He doesn't want to be chopping people down, sending them to the minors. He, he, seems, he seems to be the type of guy that's focused on helping people, you know? And you can do that as a coach, and you don't have to get caught up in the, in the nasty business of managing. And I think he's going to make one hell of a coach. Absolutely. Tom, uh, once again, remind our listeners and viewers on how they can be part of the next Zoom that we do. Patreon.com slash out of the park. $3 a month, $5 a month. It is literally the best deal in Canadian sports media. You can sit in on intimate and interactive conversations with fantastic Blue Jays, past, hopefully present. If we're really lucky and we start doing our scouting, maybe even future. Future. Well, we've had some on the show that have been Blue Jays. It's yeah. a perfect example right there <laughs> so there you go folks uh here's the deal uh you can go online now and for 60 bucks pay to have one of your favorite celebrities do like a, a greeting for you or you can pay 36 bucks for a year and sit in and chat with these guys in a more intimate environment why wouldn't you want to do that there we go and you know what if you're a three dollar a month patreon member and you want a greeting from barry or i we got you back. <laughs> yeah. There shall be, well, of course, if anyone wants one. Tom, a greeting from you is like a Hallmark card. You go through it once and you go, that's really, really beautiful. And then you tear it up and never see it again. Tom, have a great week. Folks, thank you so much for making us a part of your week. You've been listening to Out of the Park with Barry Davis. Thanks for joining us. Get home safely and see you next time.